Thank you very much. Thank you for the introduction. Thank you, DIJ. Thank you, Hanno, for inviting me here. And thank you, everybody, for braving the weather. Uh, not such nice weather. And also the more, how should I say, exciting day. It was a very traumatic or dramatic day in the news for those following Japanese politics. So those studying party politics is very fascinating. But unprecedented moves. Uh, and everybody's attention now, of course, is at the national level. So thank you for coming to listen to a talk about local-level politics. And I tried to um, make some comments about what's happening today and also how the local level has, how the static from the local level is causing a lot of this commotion uh, at national level. So local politics and national policy in Japan, as you can see here, these are the um, symbols of the prefectures, each of the prefectures, and that's the symbol of the Japanese state. And the idea is how they clash and how they sort of interact. And to start out with, uh, this slide, um, there's Koike-san, there's Hashimoto, uh, former mayor and governor of Osaka. This is sort of the uh, election board for local elections. I think this is for the Tokyo uh, Metropolitan Government elections, legislative elections. And I, I have written this book, which is one of the reasons why we're having this talk, is to advertise, uh, drum up some sales for this. And I'll pass this around. Um, this came out in May, and when I started this project two years ago, a year and a half ago, and I wrote my book proposal, and I said I'm going to write about local politics in Japan, uh, one of the reviewers, and I've told this story many times, but essentially asked, why bother? Who cares about local politics? Nobody really, as um, Francis said, most of us know lots about or focus much on national level, but not very much on local politics. And so this book basically is a kind of repost, it's an argument saying, well, local politics does matter in many ways, not just at local level, but also for national politics and national elections, uh, national policy making, uh, and the basic sort of tenor, tenor of democracy in Japan. And this is what I've been focusing on in my research career, uh, looking at local and central relations. And obviously, um, with the emergence of these uh, local parties and governors, uh, launching parties at national level, there's a bit more interest. But traditionally speaking, and maybe even before Osaka Chiji, there hasn't been Osaka governor, there hasn't been very much interest. Uh, and so I'll, have, I'll explain the background behind what, how local politics in Japan was understood in terms of its impact in relation to national politics. Um, the standard interpretation is that for national elections and for national parties, Local elections were very important, uh, or local, local politicians were important as campaign mobilizers, as the hands and feet of politicians. We know this, uh, some people may know of Keiretsu, well, national politicians will have prefectural and municipal level politicians uh, as their sort of um, assistants and those to campaign and mobilize during elections. And also as a link to voters and the Koenkai, local politicians will play a very important role and the links to interest groups. And also another important point is that local politicians provided an important candidate pool. So all the very, oftentimes, um, the quality candidates, so-called, those who are a better chance of winning, tend to be either bureaucrats or local politicians uh, who have experience at the local level. And they have links, uh, and they have their own coin kai, so they have their own support groups. Um, and this has been the standard. These are some of the authors who have talked about this. One reason why local politics was in interesting or under, um, a folk, uh, studied in its relation to national politics. 
sorry, let me, the slides are not moving. I just want to look at this. Um, another important element of local government or local politics is that uh, traditional Japan, a sort of 1955 system, post-war era, Japan was a very much uh, clientelistic state in the sense that the central government redistributed and spent a lot of money in regions, building bridges and dams and roads, so-called public works. And local governments and local politicians were important partners in this process. The national government and the local governments and local politicians, they're in a partnership of redistributing. And this was part of the political economy of Japan. A very key element of Japan's political economy was this um, pork barrel redistributed politics, which politi local politicians were important part of, LDP politicians. And, and another important uh, research area traditionally when we talk about Japanese local politics is looking at local politics and local governments as a source of new policy ideas and policy diffu diffusion and change and innovation. And local governments, especially in the 70s, late 60s and early 70s, they came up with all kinds of new environmental regulations, uh, pollution co controls, uh, welfare policies, I don't know, pensions for older people, uh, added uh, nursing care. This, these sort of things came out of local governments, and they spread across local governments, and then the national governments adopted them. So local governments were a source of uh, change in policy, and it spread and went to national level. So these are the kind of standard interpretations um, and the characterization of national local politics is that it was in Japan, at least between 55 and about 95, when uh, in 1994, 95, there was major change in the electoral system. A lot of things shifted. There was a party system change. The LDP fell out of party for a short while. Until that period, until about 94, 93, 94, local and national politics was, and politicians were understood as having a very symbiotic relationship. It was a cooperative relationship. Uh, within LDP, also with, um, among other parties. Um, aside from this brief exceptional period in the end of the 60s and early 70s when there were all these progressive governors supported by communists and socialists in the cities, essentially throughout uh, most of the regions, the LDP dominated at the local level, uh, especially the legislatures, and they created a very symbiotic relationship. Um, and the the reason why LDP continued to win, one of the big puzzles of Japanese politics is why LDP is so strong. Uh, one, of the key, one, one answer, one interpretation, which I think is quite convincing, is that LDP had very strong uh, local organization, party organization, lots of uh, hands and feet to mobilize and campaign, also quality candidates, whereas the opposition tended to have much weaker local base. And this has been true even after this period in 1993 one of the arguments or articles I've written is that the DPJ and the, all these new parties that emerged, they, they come up and then they, they shrink, uh, they sort of balloon and shrink very rapidly. And one of the reasons is that they don't have a strong local base, local roots. And it's very difficult for them to get roots into local level, especially in rural areas. And so this, this kind of dynamic of uh, <coughs> symbiotic relationship, dominance at local level and national level by the LDP creates stability, uh, party system stability, or at least dominance of LDP, and it, it leads to a kind of stability in elections, but also stability in policy implementation, because local governments, aside from those exceptional governors, tended not to resist national policy plans. They're in good partnership. 
Now, the question is, is that the case? And it's been evident since the last 20 years or so that th this kind of symbiotic relationship seems to be breaking down. If you look, at least entering into the 2000s, there's Koizumi Misan, which just mentioned, there's been a number of cases in which the national government tries to push important policy. For example, postal privatization, Yusei Mienka, in uh, early 2000, 2004, 2005, and local LDP politicians resist fiercely. So it's a, it's a within-party conflict. You have case of TPP. This is a bit later. Uh, TPP, of course, uh, Abe II, uh, 2012, 13, tried to push it. Uh, local politicians resist. Local LDP resists. This is a campaign poster by, it says Jiminto is a local, local election campaign. A local po poster in Hokkaido or somewhere, and it says TP LDP is not going to join the TPP. But the national headquarters is saying we might join the TPP, but the local uh, you know, politicians are going completely the other direction. So this kind of divergence between national and local level you're seeing. Okinawa is a special case, but we have been seeing quite a lot of uh, intense conflict. Uh, and what's interesting in this case, I'll mention a bit later, is that Okinawa governor... Uh, recent governor has, is a former LDP veteran. He's a long-standing LDP local politician, and now he's stood up and gone against uh, the central government's plans to move uh, the base from Ftema to Henoko. And all kinds of na important national policy being either slowed down or blocked by the local level. And this is kind of the anecdotal things that I've noticed before I started my project. And of course, not just over policy, but in terms of party systems uh, and elections, we're seeing these um, independent governors, uh, such as Hashimoto in Osaka, and you have Shiga Governor Kada. Maybe you don't know her, but she's she's the original. She started her first local party in 2007-8, even before Osaka. And of course, Koike Riko, current governor of Tokyo, and all of these uh, governors um, starting their own local party, being very successful and then launching into the national level and challenging the LDP or the national parties and taking seats, vote shares, regionally, not across the nation. Osai was very successful in Kansai. She wasn't very successful anywhere, but we'll see with Koike-san. So this, this local level becoming a kind of static or becoming impinging on national level processes, not in a symbiotic way, at least for the national government. So... What, my question was, why and how has the symbiotic relationship between national and local have changed? How are local elections uh, and politicians and governments impacting national, particularly national policy? I've written a little bit about how the, the new regional parties have emerged and challenged national elections, but I'm interested in the policy, pro, policy area. So when the national government wants to start restart nuclear power plants, wants to do TPP, wants to shift the base in Okinawa, how much power do local governments have and local politicians have in resisting or uh, slowing down processes? And, of course, we've heard a lot about the new strength of the prime minister since Hoizumi's time, the Kante-led uh, leadership, Kante-led politics, where the prime minister has been strengthened institutionally and also because the parties have become centralized. It seems like the leadership, the, the Prime Minister can decide on many things, even though backbenchers will refuse or, or, or resist. Um, how, how much of this Kante-led leadership is uh, slowed down or blocked by local politicians? Is Kante-led leadership, can the Prime Minister do whatever he wants, even though there are 
um, local organizations, local party organizations, local politicians. And finally, uh, more comparatively, and I have, I, I do Japanese politics as a main, but I do have a comparative angle to my research. What determines how much influence local politicians and local uh, party organizations have in the national policy process? Oftentimes, we discount uh, local politics, especially well, in Germany or other federal states, local politics is very important because they have constitutional powers, um, which in unitary states they don't have. But even in unitary states, even in countries like uh, Japan, where local governments, their existence isn't guaranteed in the Constitution. I mean, the central government can decide to get rid of prefectures if it wants. I mean, it's, it's theoretically possible. So they don't have any... Um, Unlike federal states, they, they, they're not as autonomous. But even in such states, even in Japan, even in, in UK, local governments tend to have impact. Even in Sweden, quite centralized, uh, the local governments and politicians have impact on national policy. How and under what conditions can they have create this impact? So these are the main questions I've been asking. So we have the book, which is, I hope, pass, passed around. Um, and so the questions I ask in this book, focusing mainly on policy conflict between national and local levels, so multi-level referring to different levels of government, between national and local level, what kind of conflicts occur, by what channels do they take place, and how are they resolved? Who wins when a conflict happens? When a national government wants to do some policy but the local governments resist, who wins? Under what conditions do, well, does one side win? It's a sort of strange way of putting it, but local preferences uh, against national preferences in terms of policy formation. Which side gets more weight? Okay. And an empirical focus mainly on Japan. It says six chapters I look mainly in Japan, but I have one, one chapter that looks at these three other countries, Germany, Canada, and UK. So two federal countries and one unitary country. Germany, I'll show you a slide, but Germany has very essentially very cooperative uh, state uh, and federal rela relations. There are some conflicts, but they tend to be contained. Uh, Canada has the reverse. They have very, very conflictual, oftentimes... Um, Lots of conflict, lots of chaotic relationship between federal government and provincial governments. And UK, highly centralized. And even under highly centralized systems, you have conflict. Okay, so let me take some water. Thank you. So this is the blurb of the book. Book argues since 1990s changes in the national political arena, fiscal and administrative decentralization, as well as broader socioeconomic developments, have led to decoupling closely integrated national local party systems. Such decoupling has led to breakdown of symbiotic relations, increasing strains between national and local governments leading to greater inter-party conflict, intergovernmental conflict, and more chief executives, so governors, essentially, with agendas, agendas and resources increasing autonomous of the national ruling party. So that's the book in a nutshell, basically. You're seeing conflict across levels in different areas. One is within the party. So the national headquarters of the LP, the local branches, inter-party. And then, in, and then you have also inter-party and intergovernmental conflict, where one party, the DPJ, is in power, 2009-2012, fighting against uh, opposition party, LDP, at local level. So different parties controlling different levels in conflict. And the last is uh, executives. So chief, chief executive governors, uh, either independent or even LDP background, fighting against the central government over policy. It's overview. I've used up a lot of time already, but some comparative theory very quickly, what has changed, and then some empirical data from what I found 
just on the governors, just looking at the governor's relationship with the central government. Okay, so some theories, uh, mainly taken from federal, uh, the study of federal systems, uh, looking at one of the one of the arguments is that when local governments or subnational governments have autonomy, if in a decentralized system, they have resources, they have taxing powers, they can decide on policy. The more autonomy they have, the more likelihood they will come in conflict with the national government. It's quite self-evident. If they don't have autonomy, if they don't have resources, then they'll have to choose to follow the central government. So the more autonomy you have, tendency of more conflict. Another important factor, theory, comparative theory argues, is that, is that of the partisan composition. So who controls the national and local levels? Is it the same party controlling the national level and the local level? Uh, is the federal government uh, left-leaning party and then the local government's left-leaning parties the same parties? In that case, there'll be less, when this partisan composition is congruent, there'll be less conflict, one would expect. And this is also quite self-evident, it seems. There are mechanisms within the party to adjust conflict and to negotiate conflict if it's the same party. If it's a different party, there'll be a tendency to clash if the, if the composition is incongruent. And finally, even if it's the same party controlling national and local level, if they're not integrated vertically, that is, if the national and local branches of the party do not share the same kind of incentives for elections, not have the same kind of position on policy, you can have that. Uh, not all parties are internally coherent and vertically aligned in terms of policy positions. Canada, for example, you have political parties at federal level and provincial level. They have the same name, but they have completely different positions on the left-right uh, dimension. They don't talk to each other. They don't meet each other's uh, leadership. So question of integration. If you have high integration and you have the same parties, you'll tend not to have conflict. And if you combine these, you can get different kinds of um, outcomes in terms of the level of conflict, whether you have high congruence. If you have high congruence and low local autonomy, you have cooperative relations, generally speaking, stable, symbiotic relations. If you have partisan congruence but high local autonomy at local level, then you might get territorial conflicts within the party, okay? uh, issues that are on territorial matters or redistributed matters, not, not ideological matters, conflict over ideological matters. On the other hand, if you have this combination, if you have different parties at national and local level, but the local level doesn't have much authority, doesn't have much autonomy, you could still have conflict over pol uh, national policy agendas that are more part um, partisan, ideological, not so much focused on a particular territorial area. And finally, when you have a combination of partisan incongruence and high local autonomy, this is where you have the most fun. You have a lot of chaotic situations, lots of different conflicts, Canada, and perhaps Japan, is starting to become like this. Okay, so you can see this. And these are different, essentially marks different chapters in my book uh, in the analysis. So what about Japan? Under the 55 system, I'm talking about when the LDP was dominant between 55 and 93, 94, uh, under the Chusenki Okusei, so old electoral system, SNTV, MMD, you had LDP dominance at both national and local level. There's very strong partisan Congress. LDP dominated local prefectural assemblies. They dominated the national level. There were very few cases in which the different parties controlled national and local, at least the legislative. Chief executives, as I said, governors in the 60s and 70s, there was a period in which they were communist-backed and socialist-backed 
governors, but that's the exceptional period. Governors tended to be linked to the LDP as well. They tended to be former bureaucrats. They tended to be mostly former bureaucrats with high link, strong links to the LDP. And it was a congruent electoral system. This is kind of more technical, but the, they used the same electoral rules at the national and local level. They used what was called the Chusen Kyokusei, so multi-member districts, SNTV, but because it was the same electoral system, you get the same kinds of politicians with the same incentives coming out, so there was less reason for their interests to diverge national and local level, leading to high vertical integration in the LDP. And local, go local governments were linked to the center through redistribution. We talked about the pork barrel politics uh, in this period of LDP dominance, the local go governments, local politicians highly affiliate, they, ha they had to affiliate, they want, needed to affiliate, they want to affiliate to the national government because national government provides funds for all kinds of projects and redistributes, uh, funnels money and pork to them. And this was possible, of course, because the economy is growing, there's a bigger pie, much more to redistribute. So this was the situation in the traditional time. But the, all this changes since the 1990s. You have national local electoral environment diverges, you have new electoral system in the national level, you have a more majoritarian system with single-member districts and PR. And at the national, local level, the electoral system hasn't changed. This leads to two different types of politicians being elected at national local level, and this leads to divergence. Municipal members, um, mergers, which Yamada-san will talk about, uh, having the number of local politicians, so less linkages to local level. Of course, the slowdown of the economy, reduced transfers of pork to local governments means the central government is redistributing less, so local governments and local politicians have less interest to be affiliated with the national level. And we have rising partisan volatility, that is, uh, elections are becoming unpredictable. The number of floating voters, people who, are, who don't believe in or support any party, has grown dramatically. And this means that you don't know, we don't know if the LDP will win the next election, who knows, in a month. But it's become like that, which means that local politicians think twice before affiliating with the national party or linking themselves too strongly with the National Party. And decentralization. Japan underwent a series of quite dramatic decentralization reforms in 2000, and it's still ongoing, which means local governments have more autonomy and less dependence to the central government. So I'll go quickly. These are decentralization reforms. Uh, 1989 was kind of the start, but laws were passed in 2000. You also had mergers, which were part of the decentralized reforms, and then fiscal decentralization. And it's ongoing. People are talking about more dramatic uh, decentralization reforms like Doshuse to get rid of the prefectures and create some number of 10 to 12 states. One, some data showing you the decline of subsidies to the regions, Kokoshiski. Similarly, decline in pork public work spending uh, from about the 1997 was the peak. It starts to decline. So generally speaking, uh, less and less money going to local governments, local communities and governments, and less need for local governments to stay loyal to the center because they don't expect getting um, money back or funds back by being loyal. And this is an important chart, which shows how at the national level, there's a lot of volatility. There's a lot of change in seat share. Here is the... This green one is LDP and the national level and the seat share in the lower house. And of course you see a dramatic 
drop here in 2009 when they lose against the DPJ and then they pick up again. In contrast, this is the seat share of the lower house for the Socialist Party or the DPJ, the first opposition party. They win in 2009. Dramatic. So look at these flat lines here. This is the share of the seats on the prefectural assemblies, 47 prefectural assemblies, sorry, 47 prefectural assemblies. It's very flat. They control about 50%. Very steady, even after 1993, even after 2009. This is the local level, the opposition party local level. They can never really move out of the 10%, 15% range, even when they make um, they win, win government at the national level. So this uh, gap in con it creates national and local disparities in Congress. You also see a rise in the number of non-LDP governors, that is, governors that are not backed by the LDP in their election campaigns. They don't get backing from the headquarters. They may get some recommendation from the local branches. You see the, the, re the red here are those backed by the LDP headquarters, and they become less and less. And you see an increase in the gray, the dark gray, which are the governors that have no backing of any party headquarters. So there's a dramatic change here, very obvious change here. Okay, so what effects on multilevel relations? I, be, I don't have too much time. Um, very quickly, all these things are happening. What's the outcome? Well, essentially, you see conflicts, as I say, with over policy within the parties. You see um, national and local LDP branches fighting over redistribute policy. You see also a period between 2009 and 2012 of intense conflict between the LDPJ government and locally controlled LDP uh, uh, prefectural assemblies. And you see what I've been talking about, these independent governors that are not backed by LDP who are challenging LDP national policy who are challenging um, LDP electorally at local level, but also nationally by launching these local new national parties. Uh, skip this. Some of the data very quickly, and this is too much time. We, I looked at, for example, in terms of governors, I looked at how often the prime minister is meeting with governors. Might be a bit strange. That doesn't really necessarily connect correct. Connect directly to conflict, but in terms of the overall dynamic between governors and the central government, how often does the PM meet the governor? In what kind of conditions or situations does the PM meet the governor? And I collected data on that. I also looked at how the na governors collectively acted. There's a thing called the National Governors Association, and they have had a traditional ceremonial role, not very much substantial, but they've become very active in challenging the central government over different policies. Media reports on conflict between governors and central government, and in some cases, a lot of case studies in this book, as you can see, of how these conflicts emerged and how they resolved themselves. Um, look at some data here. I, if you're interested, you can go to the book. This is the frequency of meetings between prime ministers and governors. I found all the cases of meetings between prime minister and governor in the Shushou Dose data that's published in newspapers, Asahi Manichi. You can see there's a sort of gradual decline, especially during the DPJ period. Here, this is the average frequency. So they're meeting, prime ministers and governors are meeting less. The type of meetings, too, ten, they tend to meet less in terms of matters of uh, asking for petitions, 
asking for requests. So the governors are meeting less the prime minister for these matters and meeting more on formal occasions or, and less on electoral co- cooperation. Obviously, there's more independent governors. So the, the ties are becoming less um, distinct. Where do they meet? This is also interesting data. They meet, they had tended to meet in the Kante, in the Prime Minister's office, or the Diet, or the LP headquarters in Tokyo in the past. But this has become much less, and they're meeting more everywhere else frequently. It's hard to interpret this data, but I think this means that rather than going to the Kante and asking for things that the governors are not you know, requesting, they're, they're, the Prime Minister is going out to the countries and the countryside and regions uh, on election campaigns or for you know, national um, for like uh, if there's a typhoon or an earthquake, the prime minister goes to a prefecture and then the governor has to say hello. These kind of ceremonial meetings. Okay, what can we say? Growing distance between governors either less willing or to bring their case to Tokyo. Weakening of providing electoral support for governors in later administrations. Fewer meetings involving petitions requests. More formalized relations. Um, I'll skip this since I don't have too much time. You can look at it in the book like I talk a lot about how the National Chijikai, National Governors Association is much more active in challenging national policy and they're politicized. For example, during elections, uh, the National Governors Association judges the manifestos of each of the parties, saying this party has a manifesto that's beneficial for regions, this party doesn't. They never did that before. Well, I wonder if they'll do this for the upcoming election. They've done it in the last few. Okay. This is very kind of not, not such important data, but just looking at uh, newspaper databases, I put in these keywords, governor criticized the prime minister, and there's a rise. I don't know how to interpret. It could be the prime minister criticizing the governors too, but the trend is there's a bit more conflict, static, which the newspapers are picking up. Okay, case studies. Um, I, I looked at 15 high-profile cases of conflict. They involve public works, whether to stop a dam or a bridge uh, or nuclear power plants, restarting nuclear power plants. Also looked at cases of shared funding. Who's going to pay for the Olympic Stadium? Who's going to pay for this, I don't know, extension of the Shinkansen to Niigata? A lot of conflict involved in that. And I picked them up and I categorized them by policy area, what the actions were against national policy, the governor's background, what kind of partisan background they had, and the fiscal strength of his prefecture. And you can't see this, they're all the cases. And I picked them up, and I also looked at each of them individually. What did I find? I find that it didn't matter whether the prefecture was rich or poor. Even if they're poor prefectures, they're willing to challenge the national government over funding or over policy, which didn't happen in the past as much. Another thing I found was that those not backed by the LDP tended to be the ones that challenged the central government, obviously. Independent governors, those that didn't have backing from the headquarters. But you also had LDP-backed governors that turned and went against the national government. The Niigata governor is a good case over uh, nuclear power restarting and other things. Okay. Not much time. for. I have, I've gone to 31 minutes. Olympics, they follow Olympics. Okinawa, we'll go over that. Just as final, final thoughts. Um, this one. So, I talked a little bit about Kante, Kante politics or Kante Shudo politics. So, Prime Minister-led sort of strong leadership, majoritarian, top-down decision-making, which everybody's talking about because the parties are centralized. The Prime Minister seems to be a more powerful figure. 
But actually, it doesn't extend to the local level. It doesn't extend to local branches. So local governments and local, local politicians have still pushback power. And especially within parties, uh, LDP, DPJ, no longer defunct DPJ, local, local politicians tend to be quite autonomous and can uh, stand up against national policy. And they don't win all the time, but they do slow down some policies. Of course, some cases like TPP went through. FDEMA, they're pushing it. They're building construction right now. So they haven't been able to completely resist. But I think one could say that in parts they slow down. And because governors, uh, because they're elected directly, they have a very um, they have a leg- legitimacy beyond their formal powers, institutional powers, because they're elected by millions, maybe more than most most commonly more votes than a regular parliamentarian. So this gives them. It gives them a platform to challenge national policy. New local parties, maybe we can talk about this in our discussion. They're emerging. How effective are they going to be in national elections? And one important thing is they're urban. They're very much urban. So they may link across urban areas, but their impact will still be limited because there's still a lot of rural districts. And in the rural areas, these new parties and opposition have not been able to go in. And that's a big challenge for national politics uh, change in national politics, what happens to the rural areas, rural local politics. Okay, sorry to rush through all these slides. I didn't realize I, I had so much to say. <laughs> and thank you very much for listening, and I'll hand over to Yamada-san. Okay, so uh, thank you very much. Uh, this is actually my first time to be here, so... Yeah, I feel really excited. So thank you very much for your time. Um, so uh, I'm going to be a discussant today, and and this is what I'm going to cover uh, today. So I'm first going to discuss contributions of Hijino-san's book. Then I, uh, so I, you know, basically I agree with Hijino-san uh, about the importance of local perspective when we think about you know, uh, issues related to national elections. So with that in mind, I, you know, want to share my ideas about, you know, recent issues, you know, related to, uh, to uh, national elections from local perspectives, okay? Okay, so the first part, contributions of the, of the books. So Hishino-san's book is about, you know, how local politics affect or might affect politics at national level and it you know asks a few specific questions such as the following so you know if local preferences and national level um, you know policies are or policies and decisions are very different from each other how do these differences get resolved and under what conditions do intergovernmental relations become more or less conflictual and specific to the Japanese context has intergovernmental relations in Japan you know become more or less conflictual and if so and why and so here's. Can I? Oh, I see, I see. Okay. And this is the argument put forth in the book, as I understand. So there are several factors important for explaining the degree of intergovernmental conflict, and those include uh, the autonomy of local government, vertical integration of political parties and the degree of congruence between different levels of government. And to go over you know, some of the proposed mechanisms in the argument in the Japanese context, so first of all, just as, as Hijino-san said, you know, the series of decentralization reform from the 1990s led to an increase 
in the level of uh, autonomy for subnational government. And the expectation is that uh, the dependence of subnational governments on the central government should decline. So this should reduce the cost of local governments to challenge the central government, as well as increase their willingness to, uh, to, to confront central government. Okay. Um, so the second point is uh, so the degree of incongruence or congruence. So if the central government and local governments are controlled by different political parties, we say the degree of incongruence is quite high. And we, in reality, we sometimes observe these situations, especially in recent years. And a great example would be from 2009 to 2012, uh, where the central government was controlled by the DPJ. And most of the local, many of the local governments were still controlled by you know, uh, people who are closely affiliated with LDP. Um, now, when the degree of incongruence is high, so we expect to observe more intergovernmental conflicts for several reasons. Uh, so, for example, the opposition party at the national level may encourage local politicians from their own party to challenge the central government, which is controlled by a different political party. And also, intergovernmental conflict under congruence, under congruence may give you know, voters an impression that the party is not united. So as a result, party reputation might go down and the chance of re-election for local politicians and national, uh, national politicians might go down. Uh, so anyway, when the degree of incongruence is high, the local government, again, local government's incentive to, to compromise with central government should be lower and their incentive to challenge central government should be higher. And... Um, Another, well, okay, this is, I, I actually had one question about this, you know, congruence story, but I'll ask later. Okay. Um, then um, about vertical integration. So even if central government and local governments are controlled by the same party, local government may still openly challenge central government under certain conditions. So here, vertical integration is important. So in a situation where organizational linkages, interdependence, and cooperation between party headquarters and local branches are weak, uh, we say the degree of, in, uh, what was it, uh, vertical integration is low. So in this case, for both local politicians and diet members, um, the incentive to compromise at the time of disagreement should be lower. So for lo local politicians, challenging the central government doesn't immediately threaten their re-election chances. And for national politicians, so you know, for them, if local politicians' help is no longer crucial for their re-election, so they have less fear or less incentive to avoid conflict with you know, local governments. Um, so anyway, uh, when the degree of vertical integration is Law, we expect more conflicts between central government and local government. So this is the summary of, uh, as I understand, you know, Ahijino-san's questions and uh, some of the theoretical argument and causal mechanism. So moving on to uh, the contributions. So I think I first want to point out that uh, Hijino-san's book provides discussions and analysis of, you know, Japan's intergovernmental relations from political perspective. So where many of, uh, at least in my impression, many of the studies written in English are about fiscal relation, but the book is primarily and explicitly uh, focusing on politics. So I think this is a great contribution. And also the book emphasizes the message that local politi politics matters a lot. 
So even if central government decisions and policies are far from local preferences, voters may still have various ways to oppose or challenge or influence the central government. So for example, you know, by electing uh, local executives and legislators uh, who you know, represent local interests more closely, uh, or you know, those democratically elected officials at local level may be able to block central government decisions and so forth. Um, so in short, local governments and local politicians or voters through these you know, institutions and actors you know, have various ways to influence central government. And, and I think the book convincingly demonstrated uh, this point uh, using the Japanese case. Uh, in addition to that, I, I think in general, um, you know, um, like a social, well, at least in political science, you know, one of the famous textbooks stresses that academic projects should, you know, make contributions to scholarly debates. But in addition to that, it should be, you know, highly relevant in issues in the real world context. And I, th I think, you know, uh, Hijinosan's book indeed proposes a consistent explanations for some of the recent events, you know, such as the emergence of locally popular leaders not strongly backed by major parties. So I think it seeks to be very highly relevant in the real world and contemporary ongoing issues. So I think this is uh, another uh, great point. And finally, you know, uh, the book contains uh, actually quite extensive and rigorous review of studies, you know, written of course, in English, but also in Japanese. So, you know, which should be quite helpful for, you know, uh, those readers who are looking for, you know, sources written in Japanese and or, or want to be familiar with, you know, debates among Japanese scholars. Okay. So, um, so I'm supposed to be a discussant, but I'm also supposed to talk about something else. <laughs> so, so let me talk about something else. So, discussion part. Um, so in the second part, I want to cover these two points, but the main focus is first part, so analyzing national level competition from local perspectives. So uh, to, to, to start with, let me you know, ask this puzzle. So there has been you know, a frequent turnover of prime ministers in Japan, um, you know, followed by a long tenure of the current uh, prime Minister. So as we, as we all know, from 2006 to 12, there were six people who are in the position of the prime minister. Uh, but uh, And this is actually more frequent than the previous period and also more frequent than in any other parliamentary democracy, at least during this time period. Uh, but, you know, however, there has been only one person who was in the position of prime minister since December 2000. 12. And this is my uh, interpretation. Uh, so I, I believe there are several factors important for explaining this pattern, and those include a majoritarian electoral rule, decrease in the number of organized voters, or increase in the number of swing voters, and deflation. So um, first point, majoritarian electoral rule. So as a result of the electoral reform in 1994, a mixed member a majoritarian electoral rule was introduced in the lower house. So, so these, these, these figures are probably uh, not, not so important, but what I wanted to uh, highlight here was that you know, uh, given the same magnitude of change in both share, uh, we expect uh, the seat share, the party's seat share, to change much more substantially under the majoritarian rule than under the proportional representation rule. 
Okay, and that's actually what we observe in reality. So this figure shows uh, LDP's vote and seat share in the lower house uh, elections at the national level, looking at single member district part and PR blocks separately. So if you look at single member district parts, so seat share fluctuate quite widely uh, from one election to another as the vote share shifts, but that kind of volatility is clearly not observed in the PR part, which is listed in the right side panel. And this figure shows LDP's vote and seats shares in the lower house election before and after the electoral reform. So we can see the seat share fluctuate quite substantially under the new electoral rule compared to the, uh, the previous electoral rule, which was SNTB, which was more proportional than the current electoral rule. So this is part one. The second point is an increase in the number of swing voters or unorganized voters. So let's think about a situation in which the number or the fraction of swing voters is still quite small. So uh, the first case. So in that case, if the prime minister's popularity declines for whatever reason, uh, we expect the ruling party's vote share to decline only by a small margin because there are still quite a large number of people or voters who continue to support the prime minister and the ruling party. But if we think about the second situation, um, you know, if there are a large number of voters who change their voting behaviors easily and quickly, then uh, we expect the ruling party's vote share to shift quite substantially as the prime minister's popularity shifts. So this is one of the important consequences of increase in uh, the unorganized or swing or floating voters. And my third point is, is deflation. So at least some, some, not all, but some swing voters probably probably evaluate the prime ministers and ruling parties' performance based on the economic condition. It could be their own economic condition or the economic condition of the society as a whole, so in the pocketbook or sociotropic, right? So given this assumption, so deflation and the decline in economic condition probably led to a substantial decline or may, may lead to a substantial decline in prime minister's popularity. And as a result, the you know, vote share in the next election is expected to decline. And more importantly, given the majoritarian electoral rule, a substantial decline in the seat share is expected. So this gives you know, members of the ruling party strong desires to replace unpopular leaders. And as a result, we observe frequent turnover prime ministers. Um, but this, I, I think this leads to the next puzzle, which is this one. So. Um, you know, if we observe frequent turnover of prime minister for these reasons, you know, why has the current one, uh, Abe-san, been able to stay in office for a much longer period? And, you know, one speculation is that uh, his economic policy, particularly the monetary policy, led to an improvement in the overall economic conditions, uh, which might have led to an increase in the well-being of the median voter and which led to a stably high level of support for the prime uh, minister. And, of course, there are... This is just one of the interpretations, and there are various uh, other uh, reasons. But um, one, thing, one thing we know for sure 
is that you know um, his the level of popularity. So Abe-san's so Abe Abe cabinet's popularity in his second time in office uh, remained quite high. I mean, it actually dropped this summer, but it kind of bounced back right yeah, recently. Um, so this is in contrast to um, you know three prime minister previous prime minister under the DPJ government or the previous uh, three prime ministers under the LDP government, including uh, Abe himself. And of course, I have to provide much more rigorous information, but this pattern of popularity may have something to do with the economic conditions. So just to check the exchange rate and Nikkei index in the last 10 years, so we do observe a decrease in the value of yen and an increase in the Nikkei index, you know, shortly or immediately, shortly or immediately after the announcement of the dissolution of the lower house in uh, back in November 2012. So, uh, um, so this is... Uh, one story. So, so you might wonder where local level changes fit in in this story. So, I think we are supposed to talk about local politics and national politics today. So, let me just you know uh, offer my idea. So, obviously, the percentage of unorganized voters is tends to be higher in urban districts. I think, and as a result of the reapportionment in 1994 the percentage of urban districts also increased. So combined with the introduction of the majoritarian electoral rule, uh, we of course expect a greater influence of unorganized voters. And as a result, uh, election results, election, elections should become more volatile. But I, I, I think the story is not limited to urban districts. Um, so specifically because of you know uh, changes at local level, the fraction of swing voters should have increased even within rural or non-urban electoral uh, districts. So here I focus on municipal consolidations. So, so this map shows uh, municipalities in Japan that experienced mergers from 2000 to 2011. So as we all know, a large number of municipalities across Japan experienced boundary consolidations. And this is the number of uh, municipalities in the last uh, 50 years or so. And we can see the sharp decline in the early 2000s. And as Hijino-san pointed out, one of the important consequences was a uh, decline in the number of local politicians. So actually, in, in about 10 years, the number of local politicians was reduced almost by half. So uh, many of local politicians in rural areas, you know, in small towns and villages, uh, disappear. I mean, they, they actually had to retire. So as a specific example, so this is a number of you know municipal municipal assembly members per 1,000 residents in Takasaki City, in Guma Prefecture, before and after the merger, and we can see a substantial decline in the assembly size per 1,000 people for smaller, for smaller municipalities that participated in the same merger. Not much change in you know, uh, former Takasaki city. 
So to summarize,、uh, so the merger led to a decrease in the assembly members in rural areas, and and、uh, given the important roles、uh, that local politicians have been playing in contacting and mobilizing voters in national elections, especially for LDP candidates and LDP diet members, so we expect you know rural voters are less mobilized today compared to、uh, the past decades. So as a result,、uh, their vote choice. Should have become more volatile, not just in urban areas, but also in、uh, rural areas or non-urban districts. So、uh, I'm not saying that LDP's vote shares in rural areas always will be lower compared to the previous period, but it's not going to be as stable as in the past. So、uh, even in rural districts, I argue that rural parties' popularity and vote shares and seat shares. Are likely to shift quite substantially, you know, depending on prime minister's popularity and also economic conditions. So I'm arguing that you know,、uh, local level changes from the perspective of municipal, municipal mergers are quite important for explaining some of the trend in national elections in recent years.、Um, so from now on, this is a the, the, how much time do I have? Can can I? At least five minutes. Okay. So this is like an additional topic and. I haven't really written any paper on that, but I just wanted to share my ideas if I had time.、Um, so another implication on boundary consolidations. So I think in general we can say that as the population size of a jurisdiction, like a municipality, increases, the degree of heterogeneity in preferences within jurisdiction or within municipality increases. I guess in, in general.、Uh, at the same time,、uh, but municipalities or jurisdictions will be more similar with each other than before, in the sense that they are all internally diverse. And also, by extension,、uh, electoral districts probably have become similar with each other、uh, because the difference in the number of municipalities across electoral district. Decline and also the difference in the number of local politicians across electoral district also becomes smaller. Yeah, so、uh, so here I I just want to suggest that one of probably one of the important consequences of mergers was that in the both municipalities and electoral districts become internally more diverse and also more similar with each other at least theoretically. I haven't really you know tested using survey data or those things. Okay, and finally about doshuse. So I guess this is not really popular these days. I mean, it's not really hotly debated,、um, and I don't. I'm not sure if you know any major political party is going to explicitly and strongly talk about this issue in the upcoming election. Probably not. Maybe only Ishinoto.、Uh, but anyway,、um, and, and different people probably have different ideas about you know、uh, what, what we mean by doshuse. But if it simply means. Prefectural merger. Then one expectation could be the increase in the diversity or heterogeneity within each region, and increase in the homogeneity across across the region. In a sense that each region is going to become more internally diverse. So、uh, connecting to、uh, Hijinosan's project. So you know、uh, this might lead to. I'm not sure, but it might lead to a decline in variations in the median voters' preferences across space. Uh, which might result in a decline in conflicts across regions, or at least spatial dimension of disagreement among voters within Japan might become less salient. 
just one uh, possible possibility. Or perhaps increase in the similarity or preferences of medium voters across space may result in the situation uh, where the distance between the regional median and national median shrinks. So it might also result in a decrease in intergovernmental conflict. Again, possibility. But if, you know, um, those you say this, you know, uh, um, uh, this, you know, reform comes with prefectural merger and greater decentralization. So greater autonomy might, you know, as Hijinosan pointed out, increase regions' willingness to challenge central government. And as a result, the chance of, you know, a conflict between local and central governments could increase. Um, or if greater autonomy, fiscal autonomy and responsibility comes with the absence of inter-regional redistribution, uh, similar to the system of Kofuze, then it may worsen the inter-regional inequality, right? And perhaps conflict across, across regions might become severe. This is just some possibility. Um, so that's actually uh, all I have. Um, yeah, I, I guess in the discussion part, I'll ask Hijinosan some questions about, uh, about you know, uh, your book project, and also maybe I'll talk a little bit about you know, uh, Governor Koike's party. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you.